What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Middlecoff! He behaves! Uh, if you have not listened to the George Kittle interview yet, we will keep just posting the individual interview. You can go back and listen to the full pod. We talk about some other stuff. George Kittle interview from the last podcast, if you haven't heard it. You can just, you know, we do the segments. You can just hear just that interview if you want. Uh, highly recommend it. Share it with your friends. Tell your people. Yep. And, Next uh, keep, week. Keep tweeting at White Claw. Our guy McGlinchey. Not at McGlinchey, but McGlinchey talks about White Claw, and we want to get White Claw on the podcast as a sponsor. Just keep tweeting at them. A lot of people are you doing it. Keep being active. Yeah, tell them you you would drink it if they sponsor the pod, and uh, it'll make a lot more sense to you why once we have once we play the Mike McGlinchey interview on the podcast next week because it's his favorite thing. Yes, soon to be our favorite thing if they jump on board. If, if not, not, we're open to any. If you <laughs> look at alcohol sponsors, just let us know. Yeah, but Starbucks refreshers, the they want in. I just ordered, uh, I, I cashed out like uh, some Marriott points for like a $300 Amazon card. And uh, those little Starbucks shooters, mm-hmm. the light ones that are like 50 calories or whatever, mm-hmm. I ordered 10 boxes. And there's four, so four, so 40 of them. The, uh, the ones with uh, like the light cream? The light cream, yeah. yeah. It's not one. 150 calories, so you feel good, but it also gives you a little jolt of energy. Yep. Ten boxes, guy, delivered to my house. What are you gonna? So well, I, well, I get them a lot. You know how I, many? I have, no, it's smart because they're like three twenty, three forty-five at the gas station. Three dollars well, and forty-five cents, right? I know you get two. Like sometimes I'll go to the gas station like, knowing that I want one in the morning and I might need one like after lunch, and it'll be a seven dollars. I'm like, this is insane. So I did the math, ordered ten cases. You know, the four come in the little little case of four. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Average out to like 140. I'm like, why? Why do I keep going to the gas station? And I like going to gas stations because they just always have snacks that I like. But I'm just wasting money. Your fridge is going to be what my favorite fridge on MTV Cribs was. It was just liquid, just drinks. Sponsored yeah. drinks. Sodas, beers. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite. Like, well, there's not a lot of veggie. There's no bananas in there. Yeah, bananas don't have a, I guess not bananas. Celery. Celery doesn't have a logo. Well, that my my fridge right now is literally just those shooters. I think one Gatorade Zero, a half full ketchup bottle, 
in like a ranch that's semi-healthy. It's like a light ranch, yeah. and that's it. That's the only thing I have in my fridge right now. I don't. I haven't been to the to the store in two weeks. <laughs> and yet you've uh, kept the. I survived. Yeah, I survived. survived. Yeah. Uh, all right, tweet at White Claw. It doesn't have to be Twitter. Any social platform, really. Yeah, I, they, I think they. IG. Someone. I saw somebody tag me in an IG post. Yeah, it might have been IG. It was. Uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Michael. Thanks, Michael. Denardi. I'll give this posted. McGlinchy talks. Oh, I don't want to spoil it. Right, Kittle talked about it too that that Jimmy likes tequila. And I've dated a couple girls that like tequila. I'm not. I'm much more of a vodka guy. But to and I, I don't understand how you just drink tequila. I mean, I, I understand how you take shots of it, but some people like to get tequila and soda, which I, I just don't really like. But the the Clooney tequila, the Casamigos, mm-hmm. is just really really good. Like if you have a shot of Casamigos, it goes down really smooth. What's the uh, Ryan Reynolds one? Avi- aviation or something like that. That's a good question. I, I don't know. I, I, I if I'm messing I with tequila, I just go Clooney's. I'm not a big tequila drinker, um, but I had something the other day. I'm trying to find. I took a photo of the label because this is definitely a recommendation. I just drank it on the rocks. Yeah, it's not terrible if you get a good tequila. Uh, uh, fifteen seventy nine. It's very drinkable. Was the name of this tequila fifteen seventy nine, John? You, you you sipped it or ch- yeah, no, shot just it? Sipped it. Or maybe it's it's Artenom, apparently. R A R T E N O M. Artanom fifteen seventy nine. Our tequila experts can tweet at us and tell me if that's I'll any good. I'll check that out. Yeah. Nice bottle. Which is the which is the key for me when picking out uh Wait, alcohol. It was, you, well you notice like with tequila, the bottle does kind of affect you. Like with the other alcohols, they all semi look the same. Every whiskey I guess, looks exactly the same. Yeah, I guess Crown has this special little bottle. Crown has the cool like little case that it comes in, like the baggie. Yeah, the baggie for like your Lego, your kids' Legos. <laughs> yeah, you always see like you know a guy's drunk when he has like a bunch of Crown baggies around. <laughs> uh, this podcast is brought to you by EaseWellness.com. Promo code Ham John available nationwide. They are guy the Amazon of CBD. Because you just go to easewellness.com, you shop around, you use the promo code HAM, you get $20 off your first purchase, over $50 you get a free delivery, uh, and it's all CBD. CBD vapes, CBD, uh, the drops you put right on your tongue, I've had some of those. They have uppers, downers, some sleep aids, they have bombs, bath bombs, get something for your girlfriend, she just throws a little bath bomb in there, and boom, you're relaxed. Have pet treats, guy. How do you beat pet treats? We, we all have the, the dog that's a little too rambunctious. You're just like, you know, hey, uh, hey Bailey, hey, Fido, it, it's uh, it's Sunday. I just want to chill. We need you to chill. Well, now you just give him a little CBD drop, and the dog's chilling too uh, if your dog has anxiety. but And like Amazon, ship to your door two to three days. doesn't get much easier than that guy. All around the country. That's the thing. Ease.com was pretty California-based, even though they infiltrated Portland. Uh, because of some laws. Even though I read, I saw a Twitter headline that by 2022, someone I think said yesterday on like CNBC, they thought that it would just be federally regulated. So we're not that far away. Uh, but Ease Wellness, I think there's different laws for CBD is nationwide, except for like the Dakotas and uh, Iowa. And as I was told, yeah, who cares? 
Promo code HAM gets you uh, 20 bucks off your first order, and every order over $50 is a free delivery. And this podcast is brought to you by, you know this, Hair Club. Your confidence is important. Sometimes one change can make all the difference. Hair Club knows this. They're inviting you to become part of the Hair Club family. See how getting the most out of your hair can change your life. You know, you can't relate, guy, but it's something that affects a lot of men and women all around this country, all around this world. It's an insecurity that hits I've us all. I've seen it firsthand. It affected me. Uh, and mentally, it made me stronger, but it yeah. was hard going through it. I didn't want to go through it. Uh, like I always said, it chose me. I didn't choose it. But now with the just the changing in medicine, hairclub.com slash ham has enabled you to keep it. Whether you're receding, whether you're just losing your hair like I did. I didn't recede. I just It just fell out. Uh, you're looking to revitalize the growth of your own hair. Uh, there are so many latest proven methods for hair replacement or restoration. So many different options. The, here's the key, though, guy. You just go to hairclub.com slash ham. It's free. You get a consultation. That's all we need you to do. Hairclub.com slash ham. If you're having any questions about your hair, just go to that. I'm not even asking to spend any money. It, it's free, and then you take it from there if you're interested. There you go. Hairclub.com slash ham. Ham! Uh, all right, John. Got a lot of stuff to talk about here. Pumping out content like crazy. Warrior content! Game. Content! Warrior game. Game three. Warriors lost. We talked about the possibility that Clay wasn't going to play on the uh, Wednesday pod. We're doing this well, on Thursday. Let's start, start here, though. Yeah. What would you say as we sit here Thursday morning, almost lunch, would you say this is the biggest story coming out of the game? Was it the game? Was it the owner? Was to, it Clay's health? To, I, like, I'm just biggest, I'm asking a serious question. I, well, so when I was up this morning, I had uh, ESPN on, and the biggest story on ESPN, just based on the video, I didn't have the volume on, was – uh, uh, Beyonce having a making a dirty face, and Kyle Lowry getting pushed by one of the Warriors minority investors, it, uh, it who does, has been banned from the finals by the Warriors. They took immediate action. See, it does it does feel for the yeah for the finals. <clears throat> it does feel like Mark Stevens is the biggest story, not the game. It, it yeah no, there's no doubt. Like to me, the game is third, just based on all the highlights I saw on ESPN. The game is third. Now that's not in my world. I don't know how it is in your world, but yeah, not in my world either because I don't really care about Mark Stevens. It's already by the end of the day today, it'll be that Mark Stevens had a had a knife and was thinking about shanking him. Uh, and it's just was he? It's like, Do we know that he didn't have a knife? Well, we know the thing that's coming is his voting record. If it's anything with. That is an onslaught that will just make me sign off Twitter for a day or two. Uh, I, I just think LeBron's already chimed in on this. This is a problem for the NBA is these ancillary stories outside of the game. I mean, this is a fucking NBA Finals Game 3. This has potential to be one of the biggest upsets ever in NBA history. Now, the reason there's an upset is because of the injuries. But this Mark Stevens thing, I mean, we know where this headed, guy. It's going to be talked about heavily for the next couple of days. And the Warriors tried to get in front of it and said, leave. I'm like, don't get it twisted. This is well, Lakeup probably needed this guy at the time because he needed the money. Like, Lakeup was not Steve Ballmer when he bought the team. He needed his minority owners. Like, I, I would imagine this minority owner, there's a chance that he's kind of mad at Joe today. Like, you're fucking me. You're kind of just throwing me under the no, bus. No, he doesn't. Well, well, he could be mad. He doesn't have a choice. Like, well, I agree, I didn't, but I'm just saying. I didn't, I'm just the second saying that he, that it turned out this was a fan, this was not a fan, because I texted somebody, I was like, who is that guy? And they're like, well, it might be one of our minority owners. Like, well, 
now the NBA can be involved in this. Like a fan, you know, we saw the guy get banned for life at a jazz game or whatever. But you can get pun- now. There's real punishment that happens, so he can be mad at whoever he wants to be mad at. I don't. There's no, not, I agree. To, I'm, me, I'm not to me, there's not even two sides of this argument. No, there's not even an argument. What he did was moronic, but this is what this is how people act sometimes. So, yeah. like, I don't even know what we're arguing about. You know, um, LeBron saying that if Lowry had done the same thing back, people would be wanting to throw him in jail. Like, is outrageous. Well, hey, hey, LeBron, you tried to trade your entire team for a guy that you have under contract in your agency. Like, I, I don't care about your goddamn opinion. You, you, you want exactly what that guy has. All the power in the world. Now, again, this guy using his power, like he shoved him. He, I mean, he shoved might be strong. He used his hand. It was I think t- what he did was be like, the guy's really an ridiculous. Idiot. Here's what I think we can separate it. The guy's an idiot. He, they should fucking boot him. If they yank his ownership, whatever, I don't give a shit. I also think the other side, we're overreacting to the shove like he fucking took a bat to Lowry's head. It's not that big of a deal. Now, it's a big of a deal in the sense that a lot of things are going to happen to him, but the actual like physical. I mean, I just you're saying don't... like he didn't hurt him. Yeah, look, yeah, I Larry was unfazed. I think it's worse because he's because he's in, he's an inve- well, he's an one, owner of the one, team, right? One thousand percent, it is. So my first reaction was first of all, the worst I, case scenario, right? Yeah, yeah. My first reaction was I'm not going to get on social to see what social's saying about this because I already know what they're. I don't need to. I know what the conversation is, right? Like it's pretty predictable. But and and hear what I'm saying here. I, Whatever they do, I think you kind of said this, so maybe you won't disagree with me. Whatever they do, I won't have a problem with. Because you just, you're an owner of a team. Like, there's, it doesn't need to be in the handbook that you don't push any of the players. Like, you just, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to feel bad if you're like, you know, you're not, you're not part of the Warriors anymore. Like, I won't feel bad because it's pretty bad. But I don't think that, ha- like, I don't know what's needed. I don't think anything's needed per se. Okay. What? Sorry to interrupt you. What happened? Ramona just tweeted. Okay. Just spoke with Nicole Curran. That's Lacob's. Why? I guess they're married now. About the quote-unquote incident with Beyonce last night. Mm-hmm. This jumped the shark now from uh, Mark Stevens. She was in tears. Well, this isn't funny, I guess, but it's Twitter. She had been getting death threats on social all night this morning. She disabled her Instagram account just to make it stop. So I guess they say like the Bayhive. I think that's what they're called, right? Ah, uh, beep or is it? Yeah, Bayhive, not Beehive. Bayhive, Bayhive, yeah, Bayhive, Bayhive, coming after. I don't know necessarily what she did wrong to Beyonce. Right, it interrupted her watching the game. I guess would that would the Bayhive would be mad about? Yes, <laughs> I, I guess. Just infringed on her personal space. I, yeah. So these but both I, these okay, stories I'm, are pretty. Well, this one's gonna because t- it's Beyonce. She's super famous. NBA ratings I saw again down like twenty five percent, and it's not the I mean, worst. Does that include Canada? But none of here. Here's my here's my counter to that. Like it doesn't include Canada. Yeah, the ratings Is when Michael Jordan people, was I super high. I, I, I didn't know that's a thing. People no, it are doesn't. Saying. But it's never included Canada. We don't give a fuck about Canada. You know. Well, yeah, and but it, I, but I guess what I, what the point would be. Well, you don't think Canada watched like Michael Jordan to America? No, James? I know. But the point would be you lose you potentially. You know, if you had whatever the Lakers or Cleveland. Cleveland's not a big American market anyway. Yeah, I I understand some of the argument. I just also think there's an easy counter. But again, this is so – these last 12 hours are just the ultimate NBA here thing. And I, I've really enjoyed the finals. I mean, we got two superstars going at it last night in Kawhi and Steph. I mean, Steph threw his hat in the ring like, yeah, remember me? I, I, I'm 
they, they never talk about me anymore as the best player in the world, but if I got to play like James Harden, I'd drop 45 a game. Oh, and just casually 8-7. and seven. Like, if Kobe Bryant had one of those 47 8-7s, we'd be like, Kobe just being Maba. But it's like, oh, of course Steph did. It's like, yeah, I, I mean, but again, my point is it's never about the goddamn game of basketball, ever. And this is, we got to the point where NFL kind of teetered on that. It turns the consumer off. Like, I'm already like, and I understand what she said. Like, I've had a couple internet controversies where my, it's like, I just want to check my mentions because I like checking my mentions, interacting, and you're just calling me a racist. Like, I, I can't do this. So I do understand, like, I'm not blaming her for crying because it has to just be overwhelming for her. But this is just so NBA. They have to find a way to get away from some of this shit. And it's just it's just part of their culture, and it's ruining their product. Because well, it's always about this ancillary shit, not about Steph having a historic night. It's not about Kawhi potentially leading one of the great NBA Finals upsets in NBA history. You know, it never is about that anymore. And I, I honestly don't know if we're ever going back. I've been saying this for a long time, totally irrespective of ratings, just that I, I just have chosen, I chose, obviously we do this podcast, so some, i got to be aware of what's going on in pop culture. But I just don't, like, it's, it's part of the stuff I absolutely hate is all the bullshit. And the NBA, on one, I think it's a dangerous line to walk, right? Because on one hand, stuff that isn't your sport like directly your game stuff that isn't well how do you defend the slip screen what about the elevator screen what about all that stuff like you go beyond that and you make your athletes kind of people uh, people that casual people are interested in as celebrities that can benefit your that can benefit your sport right there's like a level of uh drama that i guess can be good as as an ancillary part of your product well, yeah, but it's, a, it's a but, positive but, thing. But it's it's gotten I, I, it's so stupid, and well, it's not. About, it's like the amount, and you know, for me, part of this is like the player to player drama. Not even. Not, I'm not talking about free agency. I'm just talking about all these little beefs that everyone's always pretending exists. It just where, where has worn me out, and I love the NBA. I'm not a. I'm not even talking. You're talking about. I'm not even talking about ratings. I'm just talking. But I'm about, not talking about ratings either even though kind of indirectly I am, I'm talking about the guy that's our age, 30 to 40, somewhere in that range, who grew up on Michael. So they, they just, the NBA holds a special place. If you like sports and you were born in the 80s, because you just experienced a Michael Jordan, like he was a part of your life. That now we've got to the point, and there was drama with Mike. I mean, he yeah, fucking left the sport. Some of that's good. Some of that's fine. We don't, mi we don't mind that. I think they have completely jumped the shark, and I talk to more people that just go, yeah, I just, I can't really do the NBA. And that's where I think you're seeing it in the ratings because I think naturally a lot of younger people, and when I say young, I'm talking our age range, have clicked off the NBA that used to watch it because they're like, I can't do this. See, that's I interesting because like I, don't, I don't get how some of these other stories would keep you from watching games because it's not really, like that's the part I don't, I don't understand that. Well, a lot of it is they think the sport, like, if you just watch the game during the, like, when they do tune in, it's like, God, during the regular season, guys aren't trying. Yeah, to me, that playing. like that has a yeah. bigger impact on ratings than, like, all these ancillary stories. I agree, but then when you factor that in, it's like, I I already got to watch Reality Housewives with my wife. I can't take it with Kevin and Kyrie. You know, I, I just, I, I can't do it. And it, the NBA teetered on that 
and the, the progressives hated this. Like the, the political shit turned a lot of people off. That's not even arguable. Why? Because when we go to sports, we don't want that all in our life. It's, it's why immediately when you start making this about politics with Mark Stevens, which is coming, it's just going to be like, ah, oh, I can't take it. Like, I, I don't want it. Just can we talk about this fucking clay? That's all I care. That's what the masses care about. And the NBA has become – it's becoming more and more niche into the wrong shit. And I, I can see it coming. I, and I just try to keep a pulse on the people guy. And they just – it's turning people off. And the ratings say it. I mean the common guy is just not watching sports. Well, but we don't know why – yeah, I mean the ratings say a lot of th- – I don't – we don't know exactly what the ratings say in terms of why, right? Well, I think there are a lot of different factors yeah. with the NBA. With the NFL, it's pretty clear. Like the NFL one's not really arguable. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean that got to another level though of like. Yeah, and the NBA is not there, but like you, people were using the the NBA got on a massive scale because it is a massive scale sport to the degree that we don't have in this country. I mean, I mean the NBA is obviously a massive scale sports too, but the the NFL is on another level. Um, used directly as a political tool, <laughs> like yeah. It, it was, uh, what's the word? Uh, not Identity politics? No. Was there a word for like when it's, when it, when it, it itself becomes the ammunition? Uh, by the way, I watched War Dogs last night. Have you seen that movie in a while? I watched, I, I watched it a little bit. I, it was funny as I was flipping around too and saw the part where I didn't realize that was where the meme came from when he found out how much that he could have offered to get the deal. When and he's punching like, the wall? Yeah, you lowballed us by like he's like what like a million or two. He's like yeah, about fifty three million dollars. <laughs> Which I'm like, you still got the bid. You're still gonna make thirty million. What, so was he really just mad at that moment? Was because he could have made way more money? Was that the reason he was pissed off? He was pissed. I, I kind of stopped watching. Yeah, he was pissed because they basically they lowballed the industry, but they also lowballed themselves. Yeah, that, but that's they still won. That like if they don't lowball the industry, they might not win the bid. Well, I know. Part of doing a crazy low ball is you're going to have to be way lower than everyone else. The other funny part about that, not to get off on a tangent, is I've always said this about Bernie Madoff. And this, I don't know, really know. When would this have taken place? Was that set like back in the day? Was that set like uh, War Dogs? Wasn't set like in the 80s or something, was it? No, it was set during the Bush administration. Yeah, so a little bit before I mean, second Bush. Yeah, like in the mid-2000s. So before technology right. probably is what it is now. But like Bernie, how you could get away with just like cooking the books, it's so much harder now. Like, well, we're just going to call Wells Fargo. We, we need you to forward this from Wells Fargo. It was like, yeah, here's our documents from the bank. They'd be like, oh, yeah, cool. Like how people believe the shit. Yeah, they're all handwritten and typed. like. I remember I used to get in arguments with my dad. Like, Dad, you guys used to be in your business in farming, be able to walk into the into the bank that you did a lot of business with and be like, yeah, we just uh, – we're going to do this. We're going to need $7 million. Like it was the handshake deals on loans in like the 70s, 80s, and 90s and probably creeping into the 2000s. We'll ne- that, that guy will never happen again, you know? And that was on a much higher level. But just the ability to get money – I mean, it's just when I tried to get this fucking condo three years ago, it was the most strenuous thing in my life getting the documents and getting people on the. It's just insane. Now, part of that was we had one of the greatest recessions ever because of like people getting money that they shouldn't have gotten. But those days, like that, that would not have the war dogs thing was definitely possible as of like 15 years ago. 
to me, it's 100% not possible. And I was thinking about this last night in the shower because I had just watched that clip and then I took a shower and then I was like, but there probably is just new ways to discredit, you know, to, to manipulate, right? Through a technology, just a different level. Like it's like, yeah, it's yes, there, always. But I do think one thing that has changed like fundamentally that is never going like through how, however that, you know, the, the police get better, the criminals get better. But the one thing that has changed that's never going back is how quickly you can get a hold of the bank and the bank can get you the information. Like you probably used it to, Oh, we're going to have to mail you. We're going to physically find the documents. We're going to have to mail them to you. Then you're going to have to go through them. Now it's like, we'll just search the, let me just search ammunition and all these invoices and get you 500 docu 500,000 documents in eight minutes. Well, I, I got one just on a basic, basic level. Like, me and my brother took these guys golfing the other day. We lost some money, and I basically had to pick up this guy's green fees, and I didn't give Jeff money for my green fees. So I was just like, maybe he'll forget. And then a couple days later, I just get, bing, bing. It's his Venmo request for $110. Like, the guy that you had played with? No, my brother. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but it's like, you just, hey, guy, I got your $1,000 here. You're just like, well, we can, can you meet and exchange a check? No, you can press a button and fucking send it to me. Right. Well, the great example, my uh, sophomore year of college, I, two roommates, one of them left during the school year. I was, go? I don't know, left, went, to, went back to San Diego. You uh, had enough? Yeah, I played baseball, so we needed... I don't know. I don't even know what the deal was, but just like kind of left. I was the one with my name was on PG&E and the cable. Right. So my, my other roommate, my, shit up, dog. my other roommate, Steve, Steve Braun was always paying. He was on point, but the other guy left and you know, I hit him up a couple of times. Like, Hey man, like at the end of the day, you owe like a thousand bucks from the last few months you hadn't paid or whatever. You owed a thousand dollars in 20, 2005 to a Haberman that doesn't have any money. Is a big I had deal. no money. <laughs> But uh, I don't even remember, you know, maybe the stuff was pretty cheap. I don't remember how it all got to that point. But what I do know is there was only so much I could do texting him, calling him. Hey, man. He, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll get it to you. Well, what? what? He, he could just ghost you. Like, hey, man, I need you to send a check. Well, now it's well, I like. Got, I, I got one guy. Why don't you send him a Venmo right now? Do you still have the number? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. And, and you know what you do? You add interest. You go, well, oh, I've, I've, believe five. me, I have done the math in case I ever run into him on what the interest is. I don't know if I still have his number. What what interest rate did you charge him? I don't. You, I don't remember. You, you, you. So I gave him something. Not, I gave him something casual, but I could throw it. at, What do you think? Twenty four percent. Well, here's back to back to Mark Stevens in a roundabout way. You remember when they kicked Donald Sterling out and Q, all Mark Cuban said, like on CNBC or something. He's just like, I. I it's a slippery slope. You know, like because it, it, if you're sitting Mark Stevens. And let's say you're you're regretful and you're you legitimately are disgusted with yourself today. Let's just mm -hmm. say yeah. that. I don't yeah. I know nothing about him besides some super rich guy. Right. Which he's probably not. But let's just say yes. I would imagine he's actually like pissed off that this is even a thing. But let's just say that he's regretful. Well he goes he gets Joe on the phone and listen, you're gonna try to keep you you kinda see like where this is headed. Sure. L listen, Joe. When you paid for that fucking team for $450 million, I cut you a $75 million check, $75 million that you did not have. So this investment that we've all profited off of that's now worth $3 billion, and this new stadium we're moving in that I fucking floated you 
a lot of money with something at the time was a little risky, which was you, you were calling around. I was there for you. So when Cuban goes this is a slippery slope, you're going to kick because I see where this is headed. They're going to kick this guy out of the league and force like Joe or them to buy him out or something. Well, he's going to go, I don't want to be bought out. I paid for the fucking money. You're going to you're gonna kick me out for a shove? Wait, it's not a shove might be strong. I'm pushing my hand out? I do see the other side. And again, I think this guy's an idiot, a clown, a moron. Guess what? A lot of rich people are that own these teams, that own things in life. So I this could be the first thing where maybe this guy – who is an alpha fucking venture capitalist, like, fuck this, I'm fighting back. Donald Sterling was so goddamn old. That, that guy that shoves, and just, I was reading up on his wiki a little bit today, he has a bunch of buildings, he's donated a shitload of money to USC. I guess, like, the business school down there is called, like, the Stephen School of Business. Like, this guy's a big ego, still kind of in the prime of his money-making life in his late 50s or something. I could see, you want a projection here? This guy making it a problem when they try to boot him out. Because that's usually what the Lakeham types, and I'm not saying Lakeham would do that, but he's associated with a bunch of killers in business. And that's what this guy is. This guy might not go quietly like Donald did. Not like, oh, sue you. Like, fuck this. We're going to do anti, like, we're in the rules to say you can kick me out for a shove. Because that's where we're headed, guy. I think by the, by a couple months, they'll be trying to force this guy out. Do you agree with that? I think it's a real possibility. I could not care less about that story when it happens, but yeah, I think it's a real possibility. And you think there's a chance I, this guy tries to make it a little not as easy as people think it should be? Uh, yeah, of course. Because why would you want to leave a cash cow against an ego stroker? Of for course, you? but I also don't think like there's a point where I don't know that Joe like does Joe owe him a thank you for having been an initial investor? Like, hey man, at the end of the day, you've now, I'm not saying he has the right to kick him yeah, out, like but Joe, what I am saying I'm not, I'm not appealing Joe, to Joe because I I was there for you when you needed me, when you needed me to me doesn't hold water. I'm not water. Joe would even be fucking him. Joe would simply say, bro, you made this bad. Yeah, I, I which I would you. agree with that. Look at where you're sitting. I mean, I, we're taking care of you. Like, you, you, this has been a lucrative deal for us all. But I'm just saying that I, I can see this guy not handling it very well. Sure. And, I also, but I also here's the other element we don't you, know you, that you, we did know. You think this guy should get thrown out of the league for a shove? A sh- Not to really, me, but again, I, again, you, you have to understand how how little I give a shit about. I don't, I don't care at all. Either. Like having a take on this story, so I no. But like I, I'll tell you what I said before. I, I think having him not come back is an immediate first step and a good one. There's really no matter how this thing plays out, I'll be fine with it. Like if they say he's back, great. If they say he's out, fine. I mean, I have a hard time defending somebody who is an owner of a team that shoves a player. Cause I, I, I'm not defending him. No, no, I know, I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying like I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be screaming like this is inappropriate. Now, here's the one thing I don't know. Like it turned out we not only was Donald. I hate even putting these two things in the same category because I don't think they are. But not only was Donald on tape being a racist, but it turned out his life resume was he was a piece of shit. Like, forget about racism. His life resume was he was a dirtbag. But we I don't knew know that. This, okay. I don't know this guy's life resume, and I think in situations like this, your life resume should factor in. I think sometimes what happens on social media is life resumes become completely irrelevant. Just what right now does the mob say? And I don't even know that this is a you know like a true like what do the masses really think? I don't know if they even care. But I'm just saying like I think life resume because things happen so fast becomes a smaller factor as time has gone on. I don't know what this guy's life resume is. I don't um, know that much but either. But I do think it should matter what your life resume is when you're in a controversial situation. I would agree there. So, 
but it does, it feels like it won't really impact it at all. Like good no, no, guy, life resumes seem matter. to matter less and less. Yeah. I mean, voting for Trump. But I'm not talking about, I'm just talking about no, what, how, how to, you know, I don't, I don't want to even make it about that because I, again, I think that's, that's now making it something other than what it should be. Well, I, I'm just, it's clear the society we live in, at least on social media, like no one, I was at the gym this morning. But no I think even talking about, about that is not productive. I think it's, it's not, not only is it well, not no, productive, but it's counterproductive. I would agree. It's very common. But every conversation exists on social media. It's like, that's a conversation on Reddit. Yeah, well, literally every conversation has existed on Reddit. And I, which I enjoy reading sometimes. Sure. I mean, I, I'd be mean, lying if I say I don't. I enjoy What was the last time you, what was the last uh, thing you got on Reddit for? Uh, well, Reddit would be strong. I, I use Twitter as my Reddit. Yeah. But Reddit goes, but, uh, Reddit can go even deeper. Yeah, I don't get, I don't get that deep. I, I do get deep enough where I read Twitter comments and I mean, I'll be the first to admit this, and it's somewhat sick. I do look forward. Like, once I was, like, I was at the gym this morning on the treadmill, humble brag, staying in shape, watching CNBC. I just had it on the background. I was listening to the fucking music. And they were talking about it because this guy's a tech investor. So it's like I started realizing, God, this is kind of a bigger story than just first take, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is this – because in, in, in the business community, this guy's a big deal. I'm like, Jesus, this is going to be a thing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but again, then I, once I realized it was going to be a thing, I was like, I'm actually looking forward to getting mad at some of the think pieces. And when I say think pieces, I'm not reading your think piece. I'm just reading the headline of your think piece. So I, I look forward to getting triggered on that. But again, I'll be the first to raise my hand. I'm sick a little. Uh, okay. Uh, can we talk about the game now? We only want to talk about the game. 25 minutes later. Uh, Clay's but gonna, again, like we're media, I, 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 you've converted me to the media side. Like I, I like this shit too. I'm not, I'm not acting like I'm above it. No, but I, yeah. I do think everything now is in the category of everything. It's treated like it's just a reality TV show, and there is a difference between just like drama that's kind of fun and stuff that crosses the line into ant- being counterproductive. And I think this one has the potential to cross into that space. But whatever, would agree. You know, it takes too much of my energy to fight that. Uh, the uh, the basketball game. Um, do you think Steph could just, if he wanted to, just average 37 a night? Well, let's just say they flip-flop James Harden and Steph. Or just you built the offense or a team like they have for James Harden with Steph. Would he average 40? If he wanted, yeah. I mean, if he, yeah. You mean like just if, playing if that way. If they built it like yeah. that, and yeah. that's the way they play. Right. I, I say it all the time, and people are like, because I, I always get offended. I, I saw this, like, arguing for centers, and, like, someone, a new age fan, was like, Draymond would dominate Patrick Ewing. I'm like, go fucking YouTube Patrick Ewing from the 80s. Dr- Draymond would struggle with Patrick Ewing. I'm sorry. David Robinson, like, all the seven-footers. I love Draymond to death. But, I mean, let's – we jumped – Michael Jordan in his prime, I think, in this NBA with the rules, I think could average 40. I, I no, I think he would average forty, and I think you saw last night, which was cool. That it's just like, because I do think for being an all-time great player, he does sit, take some shit, and some of it's self-inflicted, some of it's just the nature of this team. But I think people are like, is he truly like the best player in the world? Yeah, this motherfucker's elite, stone cold killer. In a game where they knew that he was their only saving grace, he dropped forty-seven 
And it wasn't like, you know, he shot 10 of 15. But what about the boxing one? They're all going to be focused on him. He was 14 of 31, guy. 14 and 6 of 14 from three. And to me, here's the other like little nuggets. This was always like a Kobe type game. If Kobe had this game, he would have got so much credit. 47, 7 and 8. You know, it wasn't just like 47, 1 and 2. Yeah. He was doing other shit. How about this? 47, 7 and 8, and he had two steals. And he only had three turnovers. Like he was really good. He was that was a legendary step. Like, yeah, if I had to go out guns blazing, I'm Michael Jordan level dominant, right? I'm glad he had that game. Oh, it's so, I mean, it's they're in a little trouble now. But. Yeah, they are. I mean, now Clay's coming back, but to, the big, the biggest issue was the rat. Now there were two massive issues, right? No one else was scoring, and the Raptors just you, they couldn't stop them. They could not get a stop. Well, you, you can't win a game without Clay Thompson when Draymond has a shitty game for himself. Now his box score actually doesn't look terrible, seventeen seven and four, but he even said after the game, like I was terrible, like. He even said after the game, guy, that if I have a good game to go along with what Steph just did, we win. And I think he's right. Now, win may be strong, but it's definitely like 123 to 120, you know. It, it wasn't really that close because he was just off. And he had, he had some late shots. He just wasn't very good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he just wasn't very good for his standard. Like, he just – he was off. Like, his – at one time during the game, like Marcus tweeted, like maybe Draymond needs to stop doing these fly down the the court and drive because it's not working right now. Because a couple times he did, uh, I think he does it sometimes and it works because Iguodala, like you always say, it's like the greatest pass catching team like in NBA history. He did a Kaepernick where he throws a fastball with McKinney three feet away from him. He threw the fastest pass I've ever seen for a guy. Literally, I mean, he probably could have touched. And I think he was kind of mad, but he also realized, like, that's not really fair to throw at that level of speed. Because McKinney, before he could even put his hands up, the ball was already flying into the stands. It was it was so hard. And honestly, Iguodala, I mean, I don't think any of the Warriors catch that ball. It hits probably hits Durant in the nose and breaks and shatters his nose. The Draymond was just kind of flustered. And, I, and maybe he was kind of trying too hard. That's what no, I think, yeah. Knowing that he had to be super good. Knowing that Haberman and Middlecoff were talking about whether he could go for 37. <laughs> you yeah. texted me You texted me at the first air ball like, I don't think he's going for 37 tonight. 23 ain't got it going for 37. It, there, to me, there's two type of air balls. Well, you're like, oh, he's just definitely going to air ball. I'm going to catch it and put it back in. Then there's just the air ball that hits the teammate that's in like mid-play move. Like Steph is just running under the basket and it hits him in the stomach. And he just catches it and stops and realizes, I got the fucking ball in my hand. That's what, that's what happened when he did that. Uh, I mean, you're not. it's just going to be so – if Lowry and Green and Van Vliet are going to combine for 14 threes, John, those three guys were all 50% or better from three. Well, even if they had Clay and Kevin last night – the Ra- like that was an A game from the Raptors. They had it was, had but I also think those, those are two really just long, good defenders that maybe they don't shoot forty five percent from three and fifty three percent from the field. Buddy uh, Jordan Renan that covers the Giants texts me. You can tell like when a guy, you know, kind of parachuting in, he's just like, "Is Boogie really this shitty?" I'm like, "Well, it's a combination. No. He's hurt. And, you know, he's, he played a lot of minutes." But I think if you just kind of parachuted in last night, you're like. Ugh, what the fuck is this? Well, I think I heard somebody on NBA radio. I don't know who it was this morning. Minus twelve. Make a good point about him. 
Like, first of all, you could tell, and I think Mark Jackson said he just has no lift. And obviously, now these one day off between games, he just he was worn. But the other point somebody made, it was a former player. Um, it, it was a couple nights because they played Sunday. They got Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, well, whatever. But I just mean, like, just just not having, like, the, the leg. He just doesn't have his legs and his wind, and it's just clear. So two nights, I mean, hell, it might three nights might not have done it for him. But I think part of it, the point the NBA player made was um, uh, part of this, too, is both. you have to consider this. Both of his injuries have been non-contact injuries. So how much he trusts his body. Like, I'm a little concerned. Does he, does, does he, do, does he hurt himself playing like this? Um, it's possible because I think one thing that happens, like Achilles go, this guy's playing on a recovered Achilles. And Achilles, you hurt your Achilles sometimes when your body is just overworked. So it could part of this could be like, does he totally trust his body yet? He's had two non-contact injuries. That's kind of scary. He's a bigger guy in He's general. A bigger guy. Yeah, it just it would take a while. Forget about just your conditioning, just to trust your body. So there's a lot going on with Demarcus. So I don't I don't blame him for looking the way he looked yesterday. I don't blame him necessarily either, but like last night the words were depending on him. Like to have a chance they needed him to be good. And he yeah. wasn't just bad, he was just atrocious. He was I thought by like the second half he was unplayable. I mean, John, like, Andrew Bogut. But, but Andrew minutes. Bogut's a better player right now. Or he was last night. Well, I'm like just I, saying, we're talking about a final. He played 22 minutes in a series in which we didn't think we'd even see him until KD got hurt the previous series. Maybe yeah, we'd man, actually see him a little with Gasol. And... Newsflash, the, the Warriors aren't built for to lose Kevin and KD. No. I mean, guy, uh, Jarebko played 10 minutes. I, I don't know about you, if, but that might be a little strong. If you take your glasses off, Jarebko's fade. Uh, you don't wear glasses. I do. Contacts. Drupko's fade from far away. His haircut kind of looks like Clay. You could convince me from far away. It was lighter, though. Is, is Drupko a legitimate NBA player, or is he just kind of hanging on because he's kind of tall? I think he's a legitimate NBA player. <laughs> I mean, being tall is part of the deal. Like, he's 6'10", and he can, you know, he's not a bad three-point shooter. Last year, he shot 41% from three. So he's getting another contract next year from someone? Yeah, I think he's an NBA player. I, I, no, I mean, he's been an NBA player. I'm just saying at this current state, like at 32 years old. Right. Are, are, is is he in that? Is he in the league next year? That's how I think where I'm going. Like, I'm not trying to diminish his career. No, I understand. I'm just looking like he's been, it looks to me like basically the same player since he, was, 20, since, since he was 25. Has he ever averaged like 10, play, or 10 points a game? His, his rookie career? year, he averaged nine. Then he hurt his Achilles. So he had a major injury early. There's a chance he was a better athlete pre Achilles. I don't sure. have the and and the, the team he played on was bad, so he probably took a, how many shots did he take? Probably took a lot of shots relative to what year did he hurt his Achilles? Oh, he missed the entire season. 11, up. Yeah, gotcha. If if you told me, do you know where Jonas Jerevko started his career? I I mean, I would have guessed like the Utah Jazz. I never would have guessed the Detroit Pistons would have been near the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> would you have guessed the Detroit Pistons? I don't know. It's hard now that I know. It's hard to know what I would have guessed. I mean, I I can picture him as a piston. Uh, Clay, how miserable did Clay look last night? He looked fucking kind of pissed off. Like this was not my choice. Because I I was thinking about a tweet. I'm like, oh, this won't go over well. Like, why won't Kevin ever sit on the the, the sideline in his uni? Now, technically, Clay was active, right? They just weren't going to play him. Right. Was that true? Correct. He, he could have come in, right. like, if they wanted to. The, the, so the report, like, two minutes before game time, he's just not going to play, but he's active. 
I have two takes on him not playing. One is that you don't play him if you know Kevin's not going to come back, if you can get an extra 48 hours to get that hammy, you know, from 60% to 85, mm-hmm. if you can super stem it. Or if you know Kevin's coming back and you're like, we're just going to come out guns blazing starting Friday. Like, wh- wh- where do you stand on – because we now know Clay's coming back. Right. He, he, he could have played last – if that's game seven, he plays. Right. If you told him he's kind of pissed off, I bet today. Like he probably if it's feels, game six and they're de- if it's an elimination game, he probably plays. Don't you think if you just sat with him today, he's really angry and mad because he feels he feels responsible. Like if they would have let me play, right. I could have helped them out. We might have won the game. Yeah, yeah. But I to me the 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 risk I understand is if your doctors are telling you if he plays in this game, there's a good chance that he injures himself further to the point that he can't play the rest of the series. The team made the right decision. You have to take the decision out of his hands. I think. I mean, I know. The great, the great scene that. in War Dogs is when they're driving through what they call like the Triangle of Death, except they don't know it's the Triangle of Death. They're driving to like Baghdad with a bunch of ammunition and guns. And they're like, uh, is this pretty safe? And the driver's like, yeah, pretty safe. 50-50. He's like, 50-50? Like, if you're telling me Clay's 50-50 last night that he would have further injured his, himself yeah. and wouldn't have been available again, then you don't, you don't play him. Really quick on the War Dog spoiler alert. I've watched it before. Does it, didn't it turn out the bullets were blanks or something? Yeah, I don't remember. I didn't see. I didn't get all the way to the end because it was on AMC, and AMC has long commercials every three uh, minutes. So I didn't get all the way to but the do, end. Do you remember that? Have you seen it before? Yeah, there was something with the stuff. There was some. Yeah, something what happened? I think it screwed them. They got hosed somehow. I. Do you think. remember? Didn't that movie? Was it supposed to come out and something controversial happen, or was that a different movie? That's the uh, the Seth Rogen. You thinking of the Seth Rogen? Oh, I'm thinking about a different movie. Yeah, the interpreter. The interview. Maybe? The interview. Okay. Yeah. Different movie. Um, what's his name's lost a lot of weight since then. Yeah, he, that was probably, War Dogs was probably as big as he ever was, right? He was a, he was a big boy. Jonah Hill. Yeah. Uh, all right. Do you at this point? I can't. Well, I, I, I don't I, think. And, we're gonna... Well, now it's fair to say, like Friday. <laughs> Friday's a must-win. The Warriors have to win. You can't go down 3-1, going back to Toronto. That would be a problem. If they go down 3-1, I'd say, yeah, they're going to lose the series. Unless you tell me Kevin's coming back and he's 70%. But even then, I, I wouldn't. it could mess up some shit. I don't know. It could you mess know, up. I, They'd be down 3-1. Mess it up. But I just mean, like, he no, could. I know. You know, I, they got to win Friday. I, I don't even think that's a that's not hyperbole or anything. Like Friday's really important, and I think they knew that the moment they set down Clay, knowing that fr- they got Friday. The Toronto, uh, you have to acknowledge this, has a legitimate chance to be the NBA champions, right? Yes, but I thought that after Game One, I didn't. I do now. I didn't but, think it was going to happen, but I, you know, but it dramatically changed when Clay yeah. left the game, didn't come back, and then missed a game. Now we're no doubt. Because now we've seen, like, Steph can go for 50, 10, and 10, and they can easily, easily lose. Because yeah. I thought last night, well, it, the, the Raptors pretty much controlled the game. Now they got some lucky fucking threes, but Steph had one where he double dribbled and they got a three. Yeah, at the end of the half. I, I, if, when we did this podcast yesterday, if you told me Steph has was 40... That your, didn't you have, like, a, a media day rule tweet? That was a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah, media, yeah, media, media game rules. That that was an obvious double dribble, right? I mean, he just the a ball. carry. Yeah, it was insane. Even Vinicius like, oh, I guess we're not calling that. <laughs> um, Luckily, the I, three was pretty sweet because it was pretty deep. <laughs> like, ah, whatever. But then didn't didn't they come down? Didn't Van Vleet or Danny Green hit a three 
on the other end. Have you well, noticed, by the way, how Ralph Bob tweeted that it was like an NBA record off Golden State makes the Raptors averaged uh, coming the possession off a Golden State make was like 1.6 points per possession. So almost every single make, and this is back to your point, I saw some people tweeting about it today. Like, if your number one premise of why the Warriors lost was not their shitty defense, you're just you're talking about the wrong shit. Like, yeah. they were horrendous on defense. Have you noticed how bad, like, 9 out of 10 players who take a half-court shot from the from at a buzzer, like, how bad those shots are? Well, Steph's just dramatically better than everyone. Steph is dramatically better than the people that shoot at halftime for cars, but he's dramatically better than everybody else in the league. Because it shows you how fast the game's going. Like, these guys, it's just hard for them not, like, their momentum. All these like all these shots, none of them come up short. They all break the backboard or go past the hoop. These guys are so strong, so much adrenaline, and Steph's ability to have touch um, in those situations is really impressive. Yeah, it's it's... The one thing is with the Raptors, when their guys get hot, they do got some guys like when any anytime Danny Green. One thing that hit me last night was this isn't your typical just like random dude team. I mean, Serge Ibaka was a major player on some of those great Thunder teams. I, I watched Danny Green in the fucking finals and big games with the with the Spurs. Like they obviously Kawhi. And say what you want about Kyle Lowry. He's played in a lot of playoff games the last five or six years. Like, they do have a lot of guys with a lot of experience in big, big moments. So, you just watch Marcus Gasol's played in a lot of big games. And that, not that he played that much, but they don't have that many guys. Like, how's Giannis going to react in the the Western or Eastern Conference Finals? Like, I, I, I thought Ibaka, I mean, Jesus, where did he get those hops? They're back. He had some blocks last night. Someone tweeted at, or someone, buddy of mine texted me. Tell me what you think about this. He's like, hey, Quinn Cook, the backboard is your fucking friend. You can't lay it up soft when you're 5'11 in the NBA and you got guys trailing. It'll get blocked every time. You have to go off the backboard because it'll be immediate goaltend. You're not in even theory. trying to make it. Yeah, in theory, but it's like. No, I mean, in theory, they call that a goaltend. Yeah. Okay, we're going to dive into that in a second. But do you agree you can't go the soft finger finger roll layup on a fast break yeah, with the he guy? Did, like, he had to go reverse on one, which was a really nice reverse. Haberman's take on the refereeing last night. It wasn't good. I How mean, was there a take? Do you think that's kind of not even strong enough? I, I felt No, like I, black and white. Either it's good enough or it's not good enough. It wasn't good. I don't know if it needs to be strong. It wasn't good. Like, like I don't, it, what is, it, it felt like a historically poor effort by them all. Like I missing, I missing don't know what you want me to say. Was, bad officiating is bad officiating. Period. Well, there was, like a, I, there, was, there was a stretch early in the game where it felt very sternish. They were waiting a second after plays and then blowing the whistle. You're like, oh, that's shady. And then so I don't think just, it's shady. I've got, I've, had, I've got the explanation on this on one NBA refs theory last year, and I shared it after the – you remember the controversial play last year was one of them, was the block charge with LeBron and Kevin. You remember that play in front of the restricted area? And the Game whistle one. came really late from the other official, like across the court. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I remember the moment. I think it, was, I think it was the finals. And I texted a buddy of mine who was an NBA official, and he said one of the things. It was, it was game one because it was a super close game, and LeBron was going nuts, remember? And the guy said one thing that happens is when you have all these guys that don't work together all year, what usually happens in a regular season game is the crew chief – has no problem like taking control if he sees a call that's not really in his area 
but he's the crew chief. Like that guy might be just a dominant. He's the crew chief, so he's going to make that call. He's the boss, yeah. And what happens in these games is these guys are a little slower. He thinks not for good or bad. He was just saying the reason he thinks sometimes these calls come later in the NBA playoffs is if you've got a bunch of crew chiefs, sometimes guys are a little hesitant to step on something. Like it's the so other like guy. La- call like it. last night, the story was two of the four guys, one had won NBA Finals game, the other guy had never worked an NBA Finals game with Mark Davis. So you think Mark Davis kind of like overrides him like a minute? Uh, yeah, like a I don't know. I've never thought of Mark Davis as an NBA Finals official. I don't think most people have. I've seen him. Well, he he's was, the guy. Uh, he he was the most. He's the guy that teed up Rajon Rondo from across the court once, like the yeah, other I mean, end of the floor in like a three seconds left in the game. It does feel like he historically he's one of the more sensitive guys in the league. So I was surprised he was officiating that game, but yeah, it just it just last night was a moment where today is going to become about Adam Silver kicking this guy out of the league, and we're just worried about the wrong problems. Not yeah. that that's not a problem, but. That is going to overwhelm when the officiating I thought last night was historically poor. If I had money on that game, I would have been just incensed. Because one thing, listen, I get calls are hard. The, to me, the easiest call in basketball is if it hits the backboard, you fucking blow the whistle that the guy touches it. And th- there was another one where the ball was coming off and Bogut tipped it back. It was clear it was going the other way, even Van Gundy. Like it, it was just a, it was a rough night in the NBA Finals Game Three that just. It can't happen. And your response is, well, it happens. Well, it just. Yeah, I mean, if, it's, it's, it's why so many people naturally go, yeah, and NBA is rigged. You know, it's why it's why that they carry that connotation. You know, and <laughs> games like last night don't help to shake because I think the common guy. I think they say their game's rigged because there was a guy who rigged the NBA who said, like, I think that's a big part of it. Well, yeah, I mean, they've had they have a history of a referee working for the mob and they, they played it pretty well that he was a rogue he went rogue, right, with the uh, with the Italian mob in Philly. The NBA jumped on that, and we're like, oh, "Are you sure?" <laughs> you know, the, the NBA wanted that to go away, and I could yeah. credit, he got it to go away. No doubt. Uh, you think you think we uh, here we are now three games in? You think we see Kevin? I don't know. I don't either. No, I don't either. I, I if I was a Warriors fan though, like seeing the. Clay's face. I mean, this is a guy that has. I was listening to someone say the reason you can't shoot up a hamstring is because then it numbs it, and that's when you can pop it. Mm. Because you just feel like I'm fucking 100, mm-hmm. percent and then boom, it pops. Which, if you gave Clay the option, he probably would just shoot it up. This guy has 200 million dollars on the line, and I don't think he gives a shit. And to me, the Warriors have always been defined of nothing's about the money; it's just about trying to win chips. Yeah. Like last night, like that doesn't happen. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns probably taps out. Devin Booker wouldn't be in that moment. Chris Paul would probably miss the rest of the series. Like I, I was just thinking like how I'm going to hate this team one day when it's led by Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns in like seven years. Like I just – and the ratings will affect it because people will hate it. But so just – this is a, this is like old school. It's like you got Ronnie Lott and Ray Lewis playing for your team. Like it's – you're not – this isn't normal, you know, just how – well, no, I, I, and I, no, you're right, man. And that's where Steph playing the way he played last night. Like, the guy's he, jumping on the ball for loose balls. Well, They're not only, 12. but I just mean like people, I don't think we fully, uh, maybe this gets said all the time, but I don't think we fully acknowledge what Steph has given up 
in terms of personal accolades. I think a lot of diehard Warriors fans do, and that's why they get so mad when they see people talking shit about him. Yeah, maybe like, that's true. You guys, this guy's a. But I, but I would say even like you and I, like even as someone who just watches stuff all the time and feels that way, stuff, yeah. like sometimes you just forget, like, oh, I haven't, I like the whole. I didn't really think about it this year until last time. I'm like, God, this guy could just. That's right. I well, forgot he could average. He could average thirty nine a night if he wanted. He could think, do that. I think he could get four. Because there were a couple yeah. times last night, they're like, "Okay, sure. we're gonna trap him at the three point line." He's like, "Okay, motherfuckers, you see me dribble, boom, boom, boom," and he's like, "Buy two of them." He he squeaks between the two, and then he shoots these like crazy runners. And a couple times, to me, he kind of you know with the way an NBA player shoots a half court shot, and it hits like uh, the yeah. dude, the fan from Toronto in the sixth row. He can have these moments where he like makes three guys miss. And then it's like I'm gonna do this crazy fadeaway one-handed, and it hits like the it hits like the dot clock, and you're like, but you live with it. you're like whatever. <laughs> he can have some of those. His, but he, how his about his like 17 like, foot push shot? Like what is that? That's not a jumper. It's, it's like a low liner. Yeah, it's like a one-handed push. It's not a jumper. You know what you forget too is a couple times they'll be like doubling them, and he'll be like going through the legs. And then he'll kind of shake the big off, and the big will be like, well, I can't just leave my guy, so he'll kind of sag back off. And it's just like him and Van Fleet. And he's small, so it doesn't quite look like it, but it's basically Kobe Jordan. Like, I'm just going to hit this eight footer in 18-footer in your eye from the baseline. You How know? about – Poof. Yeah. Well, he's like a – I don't – when he gets stuck in the corner against, like, Siakam or big guy, and he, like, leans like a boxer into their chest is my one of my favorite things because you know he's getting out of it. You know he's getting out of it if they don't get a double. You could, one guy against him in a corner is not enough. Like he will get out of it, especially if it's I'll, a big. I'll tell you this: like if I was in the NBA, like as a scout, there's always these. You players, think Grant like, Cohn is rolling his eyes at this positive conversation? <laughs> <laughs> in the NFL, do you have a soft spot for a player? I, I know he can play shitty, and it feels like he takes some shit. I got a soft spot for Serge Ibaka because I've seen him in the biggest games against the Warriors, and he was excellent. And then I see him now. The the I think they called it a foul, but last night there was a play. I think Draymond kind of drives from like the baseline and McKinney cuts hard and he throws it to McKinney and McKinney is going to throw down and his boys, wherever they're at on the couch went up. Like that was the moment for the McKinney group and he goes to slam. Ibaka went up two hands and was like, felt like 15 feet in the air. They call it a foul, but it was like that motherfucker's coming to play tonight. Yeah. It's been a high level series. It's been, but he, to me, he, but but I would say like him, Kai, Kawhi played in big ass games. Kyle Danny. Lowry has had consistent just big game failures. Came to play. Danny Green big time games. Like Fred Van Vliet was one of the best teams that took Wichita freaking state to the Final Four. Right. Well, like, I was talking to Dan Beckler, who works for the 49ers, who hooked, who helped make uh, all the interviews happen the other day. He went to Wichita State, so I was picking his brain about. I think he has a close. Maybe his brother uh, is a video coordinator for Greg Marshall and has been there forever. And we were just talking about Ron Baker and Van Fleet. Van Fleet and Cle- was, Cle- Anthony Early was the other guy on that team. But Van Fleet was the biggest recruit. Like he was a legit four-star guy. Could have gone a lot of places. Like he was, he was your typical Wichita State overachiever. Then became an NBA player. I think he could have gone to like UCLA. Or, you know, he could have. He had options. He just chose to go there. Mm. Like to me, you just watch him. You go, that's. That's not like a random player. Like, he's a good NBA player. Right. Like, the Warriors would take him in a heartbeat, right, to, like, replace Livingston next year. Is he a free agent? Can we get him? No, they, I think they, can they paid get him. him. Not we, they. 
I say I, I just say we know. Uh, I was like, people, you're. I'm, I'm, like, I'm not even a Warriors fan. I just ride with Steph Clay and Draymond. So yeah, I'm a Steph Clay and Draymond. I drop we. There you go. Uh, all right, Cleveland Browns, John. Say that about the Raiders, though, guy. Say it. Say yeah, it. I yeah. bet you won't. We interviewed Mike McGlinchey. That'll be on the podcast next week, and we think we're in for a great year. <laughs> Uh, all right, the Browns, John, getting a lot of attention. We're getting a lot of attention. Odell uh, said he has to adjust to how hard Baker throws. Sneaky uh, shot or just? I didn't see it. Uh, easy in print, in print, sneaky shot. Who knows if he meant it that way. Um, Baker called out Duke Johnson. Freddie Kitchens got to answer questions all the time. You you guys in the media made make stuff bigger than needs to be. So Freddie's on his head coach game, but what do you think of the, the Browns turning into like one of the more uh, covered teams in the NFL? I just think that the NFL network sent Siciliano and uh, Adida. I can't, I think I'm screwing it, up her name. Oh, Adia. Is that her first name? Yeah. The one that, I mean, she covers the Steelers. Yeah. Well, she's been at Brown's camp. Uh, they, they are, they have an NBA team feel to it right now. Like when LeBron went to the Heat, when Kevin came to the Warriors because of them trading for Odell. And they already were this kind of interesting team. Now it feels like they got an NBA vibe to them. And I'd say the likelihood that a first-time head coach that has no experience being a coordinator besides for like eight weeks as of last year, you would just bet against this working out. If you just look at the history of the league, first-time head If you said Bill O'Brien was their coach, I'd be like, yeah, they'll probably be able to figure it out, right? Pete Carroll, whatever. Freddie Kitchens. like, And Freddie might turn out to be a good coach. But it just – right now, if I was a betting man, I know there's going to be there's going to be disappointment before there's just going to be 14-2, and two, win the division, and have home field. Aditi. A-D-I-T-I. Yeah. I like it. I like Aditi. It's one of these, like – this is why we say if they have just an okay year, then Freddie – it because you can already tell he's going to have to – this is more than just coaching football games, right? This, this is a juggling act that he's got – in front of him because he's just going to be answering questions and addressing stuff and putting out fires and one well baker just the dude that asked for a trade had been on the trading block and was like yeah i just asked for a trade after they had already been trying to trade me like it it actually of all the weird shit players can say like yeah that makes a lot of sense it's like if they don't want me here what just do it basically he said like just do it already just get rid of me like i let's just just." and then baker said it was self-inflicted and I will say this, like to defend Baker, let's, there is a chance that something happened over the course of last year that we don't know about. But it sure doesn't feel that way with this. Like, no, nah, just Duke, they drafted a guy, then they don't, they're not playing him, and then he wants out because they're trying to trade him. I was like, oh, it makes some sense. But then Baker kind of like makes it weirder than it has to be. And it's just like, God, then Freddie's trying to juggle. And it's just, I don't know, man. I, I, I've seen this shit. To me, this stuff is hard to handle when you have Andy Reid as your head coach, let alone when you have a first-time head coach. It's just tough. Yeah, and also uh, when... Because he's he's trying to feel himself out. You know, it's just a learning process. Like anything in life, the first time you do something, it's probably best at least that first year (laughs) that it's not the hardest year of your life. Now, hard years and crazy shit that happens always makes you better. But it's a little easier to handle when it's like two or three or five years into whatever you're doing, right? To get the craziest curveball you've ever seen in your first Major League Baseball at bat, you're probably going to miss. 
if you get it like three years in, you might have a chance of hitting it. Yeah, yeah. And and if it was a team filled with guys that had won, that just understand, you know, I mean, it's not Baker hasn't not won at the NFL level because he stings or anything. He just hasn't been around, to your point. But it's not just that there is some of that controversy. It's that people are talking about him like they're going to win games. Even if there wasn't any of this other stuff, it would be a lot to handle, right? Just because people are talking about him like they're going to take a big step. I, here's the thing, not even just the team. I think Baker, kind of in media circles and even fan circles, has kind of been anointed like he's a fourth-year superstar player. I, I'd say most people that talk about Baker, and again, say about this what it is, but you know the uh, did you see that thing going around a couple weeks ago about the tears? Yes, you know, the like the badasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, did you notice consistently in those tears, Baker was like in tier two? Like right next to like Luck and Russell Wilson, Philip Rivers. I'm like, can we pump the brakes a little bit? Like, what is the difference as we sit here today of Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and Josh Allen? I'll, t- I'll tell you, not much. Like the, the numbers on Baker, yeah, he made some nice plays against the Jets. He was one in five against winning teams. He was not that good in big games. Now you can make counters all you want. Why well, can you make counters about Sam Darnold? He had the worst fucking team going, and we've seen consistently guys take huge steps. So just to think that Baker is on a completely different level than all these young players, I don't know that. Let's just let's wait and see. And by no means should he be just written in in pen right next to like Andrew Luck. That's I'm offended by that. And I like Baker Mayfield. But I just noticed everyone that did those tears guy had him one or two pegs higher than that. I definitely would have put him. And again, I like him. I think he's going to – because people keep asking me, what's his comp? I tweeted back at someone, best case scenario is he's Drew Brees, but he's got the Brett Favre, I don't give a fuck personality. Like you hear Drew Brees talk, I mean, he's like the most mature guy in the league. That's what helped make the two smaller, super accurate guys in our lifetime, Drew Brees and Steve Young. What kind of separated the two midget accurate guys? I would say maturity and smarts. Baker's got a little bit like kind of Roethlisberger in him, you know, kind of, kind of, I don't even know if Favre's the right comparison because always felt like Favre. Favre was like team, you know. I, I, I it feels more closer to Roethlisberger than Favre to the personality. Like, are we sure that this just not going to rub some guys the wrong way? Are we sure that he's going to handle success super well? Now you go. Well, he did have a lot of success in college. Yeah. What is so like? How like did he's... he handle himself in the locker room in college? Would be part of my question. They, they, they loved him. So and now it does become a little bit of a different animal at the pro level just because it just Money's gets bigger involved. and bigger and bigger and yeah, money. You're and just, way more famous. Yeah. The coaches treat you a little differently when you're making a ton of more money, have more power. Like I think Lincoln could talk to Baker, probably the last guy that could just talk to him 100% not worried about offending him. I mean, he, he suspended him, remember? And Lincoln kind of cried about suspending him for a couple series. But you could tell yeah. like Lincoln, it was something that Probably not a lot of programs would have done. No, and I think we laugh about that stuff sometimes, but not like I just thought. Like I remember the one time I got grounded for a basketball game in the sixth grade. Like I, that was devastating. I'm not comparing this necessarily, but I'm just saying whatever matters to you matters. Like when someone takes away whatever it is that matters to you, if it matters to you to be the starting quarterback, if it's embarrassing to you to not be the starting quarterback, then that's a good punishment. Like we laugh at it. What's the series? Well, if it matters to him to start and he's embarrassed by being benched, then that's a good punishment. That's an aside, but, you know. So I just, I'm a little lukewarm on this team where I think a lot of people are very bullish. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. If you said Middlecoff, you want to short him or buy him? 
just for this next season, I'd short him. I I think there's a better chance of disappointment than there is just fireworks. I'm now I, I'm rooting for him. Like I hope it is fireworks because it'll be entertaining. But know this too: if they suck, they it's Cleveland. They won't be talked about that much, right? Uh, see, I. Uh, or do you think Odell and Baker will keep him? In yeah, the and I just think that Jimmy has like. I feel like when when they've sucked, they've been a story. Now, Hugh was pretty polarizing, which is part of maybe why they, that was. They, they were on a historic losing streak. Yeah. Um, like they 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 didn't suck. I mean, they were. But I just think, I, people. Poor. I think when they lose, people like beating up the Browns and making fun of them. That's true. All right. Uh, one other thing, John. Uh, believe it or not, the Warriors uh, was not the only big event that happened. Where were uh, you guys? Looking for you. I didn't. I really on 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 the scope. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Joe Staley at the uh, 49ers uh, State of the uh, Franchise announced a, a contract extension. We talked about Navarro Bowman on the last podcast. Joe Staley um, has been not only, I mean, he's been a great player, but I, I would take beyond that just to, I would phrase him a little differently. I'd say he's been a one of the great members of the organization historically. Now, is he Montana, Rice? Of course, no, of course not. But he's had to go through some different things, and uh, he's been the one constant for them. Yeah, it's weird because you'd say, well, he's probably not even Bowman or Willis because he was never that good, right? Like he was a high-level starting left tackle, fringe pro bowler every year, but you'd never be like, well, he's the best guy at his position. No, but if he's your starting left tackle... You're, you, he's your starting left tackle for 15 years. He can be the starting left tackle on a Super Bowl team, right? 100%. He's been an integral part of everything they did. He stood for everything that was right. I was also thinking last night when they gave him the extension... It show, it's a great, good example that I think teams typically, like, you get a new regime come in when a team sucks, you just want to get rid of everyone. That, no, you're going to have some good things going, right? And he is one of those that, now he was tailor-made for Kyle's system, so it, it was an easy one, but he's a guy that you want around because you draft McGlinchey's, you draft these players, you get Jimmy. Like, you want that guy around those guys. You know, that was always, like, the knock on Sam Hinkie. Like, when you tank and start over... He refused to have any older guys around them. And I bet there are a lot of people in the NBA, but it was like probably slowed the development of some of those guys. Like it helps. I was driving home on like Sunday and Woj had TJ McConnell on. And again, I'm not saying TJ McConnell's like getting beat or Simmons, but he's like, he's like, I can't even tell you what it meant for our locker room to get JJ Reddick just in our building. Just show people how to eat, like what actually working is for a game, staying ready on the in off days, just like maturity. Like, to me, there's something with Joe Staley because clearly he's had to change his life. And I he kind of talked about it last night. Like, I didn't know I was going to be playing at this point in time like five years ago. But, you know, I've taken care of my body. Like, he, he doesn't probably eat the same shit he was eating when he was 25. His workout regimens have changed. And he's also unique because he was he's kind of drafted more athlete than he was tackle. And then he became a really good tackle. Because remember, wasn't he a tight end like for early on in yeah. his career in college? Yeah. Straight line speed was his thing. Still yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, he can fly. He has one of the most memorable Staley moments, wouldn't you say, is that quarterback power when he's oh. pulling for Alex. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, I might have to go back and watch that play right yeah, now. Yeah, it's, it's hard to beat that play. But every once in a while, you just get a guy like that. And I think, like, when I was in Philly, Jason Peters is kind of becoming that for them. But they didn't draft him. I mean, they traded for Jason Peters, you know? It, it's it's something really special when it is your guy. I, you know, probably see that with Stephen Clay, the it's hard to say that they'll finish their careers because a lot of shit change. You never know. But when one guy just plays his entire career with you, 
That's that's a rare thing these days. I'd say in all these sports, right? You would have said five years ago, oh, Bryce Harper's going to be a national his whole fucking life. Now he's a Philly. And then when right. he retires, he'll probably remember more Philly. You'll right. forget about it. Right. Like you would have said a couple years ago, oh, Khalil Mack, this guy's going to be one of the great Raiders ever. He's going to go in the Hall of Fame as a bear. Uh, did you see... And, and, and new regimes, I'd say in football, more than the other sports, new regimes have cost so many people like Khalil Mack that never should have moved teams to change teams. And Joe Staley's had... How many coaches has Staley had? Seven? I mean, seriously. He's had Singletary, Nolan, Harbaugh, Tom Sula, Chip, Chip Kyle. So he's had six. He he, uh, he averages a coach every two years, guys. Nolan, Nolan, years draft, Nolan drafted him? I think he would have been 07. Okay. So he missed. Yeah. He wasn't there for he missed Norv. There, he wasn't there with Erickson. Norv. Norv Turner? Coach the Niners? Oh, no, he was the OC. Left to become the head coach of the Chargers. Did he leave to become the head coach? He left to become the head coach of somebody. Washington, maybe? Yeah, Chargers. Um, did you see the other day somebody tweeted? I don't remember exactly. It was something like, uh, 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 Whalers great Wayne Gretzky's at this game. New England Whalers, great. And then people started. Oh, is, that, is like, that what everyone? Uh, I had to go so far down that said. rabbit hole to figure out what the hell was going on. But then it was like Seahawks, great. Jerry Rice is here, and just kept going and going. It was actually pretty funny. It was like I the Pistons, been, what, great. AI, Allen Iverson. What was the best one you saw? I know the best one I saw. I don't remember. I'm just as I'm saying, I'm remembering them. Um, I think Pistons, great. Allen Iverson was a good one. Field Yates had the best one I saw. What, what was his? Shaq? Buffalo, Buffalo Bills, great. Antonio Brown. Well, that that is the best one. I did not see that one. <laughs> that one's hard to top. Yeah, Celtics great Shaquille O'Neal was one that I liked. Now thinking about it, to me you'd have to get one that was a trade that like fell through. Does yeah. Piazza have one of those? Mine would be Marlins great Mike Piazza. Yeah, that, that'd be good. But he did go to the Marlins. He played for the Marlins for like six days. Yeah, you go like L.A. He Lakers played. Great. I think he played some games. L.A. Lakers great Chris Paul would have been a good one. How about uh, Cavs great Patrick McCaw? This that wouldn't be a terrible one. Um, uh, Connor Giant straight great Connor Joe or is that Connor, yeah yeah there you go. You know I was watching last night. The game ended and I was watching some of Chernobyl. Have you watched any of that? I've heard it. Somebody told me it's the best show on TV the other day. It's pretty good. Okay, I mean, it's, it's it's really good. I mean it's good. And I had TV two on just like MLB Network. And I look up, and the Mariners are up like nine one. Mm-hmm. The, they're playing the Astros. And then I look up, and I'm like, God, that guy looks. That's fucking Mac Williamson. So I'm like, I'm gonna watch. He hit a home AB. run. I think he hit a home run yesterday. And, guy, and then about his third pitch, he goes just hits a bomb to center field. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to say I got teary eyed, but you're like, what an incredible moment for this human. You know, when you just take a step back, what an unreal moment for Mac Williamson in a blow game, pitch hit eighth inning but it was just like goes deep center field you were just at that park it's deep i mean that's a pretty big park right who's that safeco is it a small park or big park no i mean it's a reason yeah it's not a small yeah, park he no, just hit a hitters. bomb to center field i think I they like, moved the fences in a, i thought they moved the fences in a few years ago but yeah it's it's not a pitch it's it's impressive you agree cool ass moment for mac williamson awesome moment yeah so who's that 
I don't just, even know who this guy for the Giants, Anderson is. I guess he's supposed to be like one of their better prospects. Pitching, Sean? Throws really hard. Yeah, Sean Anderson. You miss Bo? Did you listen to Bochi at all on Mad no, Dog? No, I missed him. Was he good? Of course he's good. Yeah, because he stayed on for like 45 minutes. and he, he, I mean, just talked about like drinking. Talked about... I mean, answered a lot of good questions. Kind of said, well, the biggest difference now and back, you know, 10, 20 years ago was just... You could tell he was trying to be careful, like guys being soft. You can't really be hard on him. And he's like, I'm a player's manager. I'm not that hard on guys, but you got to be overly sensitive now. And he's like, luckily, I've had a lot of like old school guys, but it's just changed so much. But he's like, at the end of the day, he's like, you know, when I first got here, you know, I'd say I'd after a bad loss, I'd slam a beer and I'd. I'd walk across the street hoping the Muni would hit me. He's like, I don't want to say I got used to losing, but you just, you have perspective. He's like, I got grandkids now. It's just, I, I can wear it better. It doesn't mean I like it anymore. And I tell the guys all the time, like, I ain't laying down just because I'm leaving. Uh, I'm going to have to go back and listen. I was just going to tell you, I just did the quick search. Because I remember when part when Gerardo Pardo, when the Giants cut him, went to the Nats, he had a grand slam. Cameron Maybin hitting 272 with a 372 on base. 372 on base for the Yankees playing outfield. Gerardo Parra has played half as many games with the Nats as he has with the Giants. He has three home runs to the one he had with the Giants. He's hitting 100 points higher, hitting almost 300 with a 340 on base. Who's he so playing for? The Nat, the Nationals. So Mac Williamson is uh, due, he's he's due here. He might be an All Star. I, I, that'd be awesome. I, I don't know. I just I'm Adam, not as Adam Duvall style. Which, I'm not as bullish on uh, everything the Niners or the Giants are doing as, as some. Just for every Astros and Cubs, there are a lot of teams that just stay shitty. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, drafting's hard in baseball. It's much easier in football. Like, you got a pretty good idea early on. Like, there's a chance, like, oh, that guy from Arizona State, you know, he's coming along. Is he coming along? Or I don't know. I don't see him. Right. You just, it's baseball's just weird. You just never know. And I think everyone. One narrative in baseball is just really easy to do the hinky because it's been done by a couple teams and it just kind of worked. But it does feel like a lot of teams have tried it and it hasn't worked, right? Like not everyone just hits the fucking ground running, starting hitting the reset button and like drafting in the top five for three straight years. Because that's kind of what you sell, right? We're going to be the next Astros. Well, yeah, Joey Barton. Well, yeah, I mean, you you just you got to draft a Bellinger, you know, and find a Max Muncy, and then also land a Seager, and also have Kershaw on the roster already. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, I mean, Seager. How the Warriors turned around? Well, Lakeup bought the team. They had this guy on the roster named Steph Curry. Then the next draft, they drafted these guys, Clay Thompson and Draymond, in the same draft. And then this guy Iguodala was kind of this older, once alpha guy that realized like I want to join these up and comers. But it turns out he's like one of the great role players in NBA history. And then this other dude, Kevin Durant, was like, "Fuck it, I want to come there." And he signed there. <laughs> it was like some crazy shit had to just happen. came together. Oh, just follow that blueprint. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Like what just did I, I was play and go land to Kevin. Well, did you see the clip of the uh, the the foreplay pod guys talking about Phil Mickelson's videos? No. Because Frankie's like, oh, cool video. Phil, thanks. I'll try and go execute that. No, wait, I can't execute that. On the hitting the bombs? No, just like everything he does. He's always like, just put your foot back and then just like, boop! And it's like, oh, perfect shot. It's like the greatest, you know, wedge player ever. It's like, cool, I'll just do that in my flip-flops. Thanks. 
<laughs> what did you see yesterday? Just a casual look like dinner at Nance's house. You know, he's pebble practicing. I mean, <laughs> with the music coming out of the thing. Well, the music's in the rock. I think you just yes, the music's the in the rock. Nance, and is that the greatest backyard <laughs> thing? But I, is it his backyard or his front yard? It looks. I thought it was his back. Well, I think it's technically like his house oh. overlooks the street. But I don't know if there's much of a front yard. Corner kind of lot. The driveway. Got it. And then that part of the lot is just. But again, like in what other sport would there even be an equivalent to that? that what just happened? Because obviously Nance is like, well, come over to my house. For, me and Julie, we're having, we'll make you dinner. Come over. And Phil's like, cool. I'll invite uh, my KPMG rep and, and Bones. We'll be there in fucking 20. <laughs> yeah, like to me, I would super rich. you can rich, tell he's just coming from the course because he's in the pullover he was practicing yesterday. Super rich Haberman after I had my second Porsche would be like, you know, a Fenway Park wiffle ball recreation in the backyard. Like that yeah, would be high on my list. But I'm telling you guys, I don't even think that that what happened right there is possible in any other sport. No, no, right? I totally. I'm that's what I'm, I'm with you. Like you could have an indoor basketball court that's cool, but it's not the same as recreating a famous par three and just having you know like so whatever. Steph, fifty year old Steph comes over and hits a three at your house. Like whatever. but the difference is like Phil is still on the tour. Yeah, that's that's crazy. You know, and still, I mean, he won a tournament this year. That's what I'm saying. But he's not the only guy to go. I, I bet there are countless players that have been over there, right? Yeah. But, and also, we all, like... It's not, I'm not even saying it's that weird. Plenty of people have a <laughs> hoop in their driveway. Ball. Plenty of yeah. people have uh, play wiffle ball in their yard. To have well, a, so, a lot of people have a putting green. That's nice. Yeah. yeah Steph has but a full the, par uh, three? Steph has the, uh, I almost called the Invisalign. It's called the Trackman. It's what a lot of tour players oh, use. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I asked this guy, I got a, about a driver the other day from this place called Club Champion. It wasn't cheap. And uh, it's like this per- they have a bunch of track man. I'm like, well, if I wanted to put a track man, if I one day, you know, get a bigger home and have this extra room, which is like in the Bay Area. I mean, we're talking like millions of dollars. How much does it get the track man set up that Steph Curry has? He's like, oh, yeah, I checked it out about 100 grand. That's what Steph Curry set up costs to set up 100 grand. When you factor in the track man software, yeah. the device, the overhead projector to do it right. So, yeah. But a lot then of teams full- have them. Baseball, like baseball, like Cal baseball has one set up at their facility to know like how you're hitting the baseball for exit velocity, launch angle, distance. Yeah. Does it also get pitch speed? Mm-hmm. Like I, you, I've seen the computer; it's got like twelve different readouts on it. It's pretty badass. I mean, there's no way. Well, you know, what? I went to Golfsmith. I think they have something similar down there at their place. Maybe it's not TrackMan; it's something else. But I, I just want a basic one where you just kind of tell me how my shot's going, how fast it's going, right. or how I mean, how far it goes, and I can just play also kind of turns into a video game where it's like, today I want to play Augusta. Or it's like, let's play Whistling Straits. You know, wouldn't that be pretty cool? What do you guys want to play today? I don't know, Beth Page Black? That'd be sweet. Yeah. Do you have to get like rough in your house? Like a little rough mat, a green mat? Just, I would just get a normal mat. I wouldn't even try to, but eventually you'd always want one. Always hit the fairway. <laughs> That's true. So it, would, it, it wouldn't be totally fair. Well, one thing I heard is that there's a new Oculus device coming out, and it has um, a VR headset, and it has a, a, a outward-facing camera as well, so it scans your room. And knows where you can like move. Yeah, so if there's a coffee table in your room, there will be an object in your VR universe that represents that coffee table. Did they give you a VR for doing the VR stuff? No, they just let me borrow one. <laughs> But that was that was just like a uh, a headset with a 
with a phone that has the app that goes in it. It wasn't like that's that. what you use to call the golf. No, no, no. That just to play around in my house, just to see what it looks like. Just oh, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah. You think you'll get the call again to do uh, the PGA Championship again? No, I don't. They're not partnered with. I don't. Uh, Intel, Intel, Intel and the PGA, PGA partnership ended. That was the last event. Well, I'm pretty sure. Go, if you're gonna go out, you went on top. Go, yeah, go out with a bang. Yeah. That's... What What'd you call? I don't know. Uh, Eldrick Tiger Woods. You ever heard of him? They're writing about it in all the history books. So. Yeah, let the legend grow. I dropped that line before, right, Thompson? <laughs> That, that had a little middle cough in it, you know. That that the that, that seed was me, planted many years ago by you. But I but I will say this: Wright Thompson used it on his like thing for Tiger of the Masters. Anyone that knows Tiger, like that's a defining statement of Tiger Woods. I'm just I, like I went like several years ago. You told me about that statement, and I went back and read well, because about you it. read it and it blows you away. You're like, that is the most badass thing I've ever read in my life. That his dad used to say that to him. Also, you could say that a lot of dads have probably implemented that with their children, like 14, 15, and it has not worked. And then the arrogance and the confidence of the kid is probably outgrown the actual ability. Yeah. Like for Tiger, it was a perfect combo of talent meets bravado meets motivation. <laughs> a lot of, there's probably, of the scale, it's probably 99 to 1 of don't work to work. Hell, it might be 99.9 .9 to 1 of 0 0.01 that work. Yeah, it's just <laughs> one to whatever the rest of the number is. Let's have... grow, Jimmy! God damn it! <laughs> Dad, this is T-ball. Oh, well, guy, I'll never forget before we sign off. Played on the White Sox, the Little League. Marcus Wilson, Matt Troff, their dads were the coaches. We had a bad loss. Matt Troff went out to shortstop. The, the Little League fields in Davis were empty. Last people there were probably like 5 in the afternoon, like a weekend. And his dad goes, get out there at shortstop. He had blown some balls and just starts hitting him seeds of just like, make the play. And it's just like bouncing off his chest, hitting him in the head. And I'm watching from the stands. I think like waiting for my mom to pick me up. Matt Tross in tears, just getting black ball after ball, hitting off the shins. I mean, his dad's hitting these balls like he's Pete Rose trying to get a single. I mean, so hard. And I mean, just ball after ball after ball. But I mean, for every story of Tiger Woods, that moment has happened. Now, I don't think that Troff went on to even play like college baseball. Good high school player, I think. Yeah, he was a good player. Threw hard. But it's like those moments, you need to have those moments to take you to the next level. But most of them just don't really end up working because you're not good enough as the player. But for when it does, it's like, did you know, guy, that McGlinchey's dad used to not give him water when they, he was 12 years old and they were running sprints in the backyard? And it built the toughness. But every once in a while, it's like, you know, this 12-year-old died in the backyard because his dad was pushing him too hard. You know, <laughs> there's just a fine line of you just fall off the map fast. That's why I don't even know what I, I don't even, I'd probably just be kind of a puss parent, just afraid that this might be it. Yeah, let them find their space. Do whatever you want. You want to be a chef, be a chef. Yeah, that's easy to say. Like, do whatever you want to do. Dad, I just want to play video games for a living. Yeah. Turn off the goddamn console. <laughs> that's destined to happen for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I get yelled but at But there's a lot of kids who went the other way, right? Who's like, turn it off, and now are video game designers. Well, my brother was telling me he had a buddy that wants to quit his job and just become a video game reviewer on YouTube starting from scratch. And I'm like, well, it's, you're, we're laughing about it right now, but a lot of people have done it. 
He's like, yeah. the problem is a lot of people have already done it, so you're a little behind. You know, if you had thought of this idea in 2012, you might have been on to something. But how are you infiltrating, like, Ninja's top seven Siskel and Eberts? You know, it's just they've, they're so far ahead of you. Yeah. Ninja's, I think, uh, spreading his wings a little. I thought I saw he said wants to do some other stuff. Other games, yeah. Yeah, other games. All right. On that note, Middlecoff. Adios. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.